0: Hello friends and welcome into Chat Sports. I am your host, Tom Downey. We've taken you through Mel Kuyper's top quarterback prospects, his top running back prospects, and today we're taking you through his top receiver prospects and some other players to watch out for because Kuyper only did his top six. At number one, and I very much agree with this decision, Jamar Chase out of LSU, who led the nation in receiving yards and touchdowns in 2019 showing that he can win in pretty much every way you'd want a receiver to win. Vertically, after the catch, contested catches, outside, inside, with speed, with physicality. He did it all for LSU last year. Now, Jamar Chase could be the type of prospect that people overthink next year because his production this past year was incredible. 84 catches, 1,780 yards, 20 touchdowns, averaged over 20 yards per catch. That production will not be matched this year. I just I don't see it happening with Joe Burrow gone, Miles Brennan in. That's an unrealistic expectation for Jamar Chase. But don't forget, that's what he's able to do with good quarterback play. And you know what? He stepped up in the biggest game of the year against against Clemson in the national title game. Nine catches, 221 yards, and two scores. He worked. First-round draft pick, A.J. Terrell, in that matchup. Producer Alicia Clemson fan, not happy that I brought that up, but it's important when breaking down Chase. So I don't expect 20 catches and almost 1,800 yards, but I do think Jamar Chase will have a good season, and he should be the top receiver entering the 2020 college football season and the 2021 NFL draft process. Excuse me. So who will be the first receiver taken? I'm giving you C for Jamar Chase or F for everyone else out there, the rest of the field. You get bonus points, by the way, if you let me know who you think it will be if you're taking the field. I'm gonna make this the pinned comment on the video. So scroll down there, type your C's for Jamar Chase or F for the rest of the field. Number two on Kuiper's list, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, was part of a very dynamic duo for the Golden Gophers at receiver, along with Tyler Johnson. Taken by the Buccaneers in this most recent NFL draft. Bateman's got great size, good after the catch ability, and that combo normally translates pretty darn well to the NFL. Now, Johnson is gone now, but cornerback Tanner Morgan is back. That will probably mean an uptick in the volume for Rashad Bateman. Now, maybe the efficiency. Drops a little bit. I'm not sure he's going to average 20 uh, yards per catch like he did last season. But Bateman is a blast to watch. I don't mind Kuiper putting him at number two, although I'm not sure he'd be my number two overall player. Tyler Johnson last year had more of the volume. He had more catches by 26 compared to Rashad Bateman. But Bateman averaged five yards per catch more. That is a significant difference, especially when you're looking at a 60 catch sample size. So Bateman probably approaches more of the 80 catches this past year. The average probably drops down a little bit. He's going to be Tanner Morgan's favorite target for good reason. Now, Johnson had a bit of a rough pre-draft process. I like Bateman more as a player, so I do think Kuyper's right when he lists Bateman as a potential top 10 pick. Bateman was number eight on Kuyper's list. For reference, Chase, he was number four. So let me know in the comments section who your favorite receiver prospect is for 2021. Does not have to be the best prospect, just which player catches your eye the most? Who is your favorite? Scroll down in the comments and let me know. Let's dive into the Alabama receivers now. Yeah, they're back again. Jalen Waddle was technically Alabama's number four receiver this past year. I think you will see an uptick in production because he's going to be on the field more. He's going to get more volume, even if the quarterback play won't be as good. Waddle is a fantastic athlete. He is a threat to go the distance every single time he touches the football, both In the receiving game. And oh, by the way, also happens to be pretty darn good on kick and punt returns and well. So, although that production goes, he only had 36 catches, 560 yards, it doesn't really move the needle for me. When he's out there, he's awesome. He has the ability to be special as a game breaking receiver. I think he'll get more of the Henry Henry Ruggs role this year for Alabama. That will result in more production. And I mentioned the return ability he's really good at it isn't often used on kick returns but he had two total touchdowns last year he's good at it guys He is a very deadly return man now that helps you out a little bit i don't think it makes you go from being you know top 20 to top 15 waddle was number 11 on Kuiper's overall board a little bit high for me but i do love the game-breaking ability that he offers now we're going to talk about devonta smith the other game receiver in a second But I hope that everyone out there is staying safe. You're probably going to have to keep wearing masks, or at least you should be wearing masks for a little bit longer. So get in line while you still can for the NFL-themed face masks. Chatsports.com slash stay safe. They've got the original styles there, the newer ones for the Cowboys, Vikings, and all the NFL teams out there. It's three for under $25. bucks. is a bit of a wait, but if you get in line now, end up getting them. It's chatsports.com slash stay safe. And don't worry, guys. I'll put the link in the comments and the description for you. As promised, Devonta Smith at number four here. He ranks number 16 overall on Kuiper's big board. He actually led Alabama in receiving yards and touchdowns in 2019. In all seriousness, there's a pretty good chance that Bamble will have four first-round receivers over the past two years, which is insane to think about. Now, I don't think he's a Henry Ruggs or Jalen Waddell caliber athlete, but he's still really good at it. But there is one major concern I have for Smith, although he has very good hands. He's listed at 175. He's got a very thin frame. I need him to add bulk. I want him to add some more size and more weight. Just to help him survive in the NFL, but the production's awesome. 68 grabs, uh, over 1,200 yards, 14 scores. Is able to win vertically as well. He is a really strong receiver, and he's a little bit more reliable than maybe the at times inconsistent because of lack of reps. Jalen Waddle can be, but they both bring you big plays. The production certainly favors Devonta Smith. He's had more opportunities, been on the field more. But I am just fascinated by the tantalizing ability that Jalen Waddell brings you as a vertical game-breaking threat. I think both of these players are worthy of being top four as Kyper has them receivers for this upcoming draft class. But pick one for me. W for Waddle or S for Devonta Smith. I am going to go with Waddle, but it is certainly a debate, and there is not really a wrong answer. It prefers almost which, which type of ice cream flavor you prefer. W for Waddle or S for Devonta Smith. On now to number five, Justin Ross. Major early red flag here already. A, regression from 2018 to 2019. It happens to, to young players, and his efficiency was probably unsustainable. From that 2018 season, he is set for shoulder surgery in June to repair uh, some stinger symptoms. That's a red flag to me. I don't know if he's going to be able to play week one in college football. I guess whenever that ends up being, if it's going to limit him or not. But he's got great size, kind of built like T. Higgins a little bit too 6'4, 205. I, there are some separation concerns, but. Look, he's going to win vertically jump balls. I think at minimum, you can expect him to be a top 35 pick, just like T. Higgins was. If he can return to 2018 form, Justin Ross will be a first-round pick. A 1,000 yards on 46 catches is absurd. Like, that level of efficiency, eh, wasn't sustainable. The numbers dipped in 2019. Hopefully, that shoulder ends up being okay, because I loved watching Justin Ross 2018. He was still really good in 2019 but Trevor Lawrence, a little bit up and down, especially early on in the year. No T. Higgins. Clemson needs Ross to truly emerge as a number one bona fide throw, which I think he absolutely can be. Number six, let's go to the Buckeyes. Ohio State, Chris Olave. The uh chance now to get some major uptick in his just volume. KJ Hill, Benjamin Victor, Austin Mack all gone. Olave had 12 touchdowns on 49 catches. That 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 will drop. Uh, he, he will not have that many scores on that few catches. There's just no way. But the volume will go up. I have to 1,000-yard season out of him as the number one target now for Justin Fields. Very g- good on the deep ball as well, and that matters in the NFL. Got some good speed. I'm not convinced he ends up being a top 20 player like Kuyper had him, but he's definitely worth consideration easily inside the top 10 receiver prospects. Now, Kuyper did six. He had a 5A, 5B, but he had a they ranked 20th overall, Ross 18th overall, so I separated it for you, Mel. But who did he disrespect? Let's be honest here. There are a lot of receivers Mel Kuyper did not include, so chime off in the comment section, or sound off in the comment section, and then I'm going to break down some of those players Kuyper failed to mention. Some smaller names here I, I do want to acknowledge, uh, Terrace Marshall, Charleston Rambo, and Trevon Grimes all have upside and promise and they got opportunity. Remember all three of those players lo- are, are now replacing players who went to the NFL draft in the first three rounds. And then, you know, LSU lost quite a bit of talent across the board. So Marshall is next up there. Rambo can replace CD lamb. Trevon Grimes can step into the, uh, the van Jefferson role. I do want to discuss the top two Michigan wide receiver draft prospects a little bit more in depth here, Nico Collins and Ronnie bell. Now, of course, We don't yet know what the quarterback situation will look like for Michigan this season, whether it's Dylan McCaffrey or Joe Milton, but Collins and Bell have both shown promise in the past. Nico Collins is a little bit more of a home run threat, only 37 catches, but nearly 20 yards per catch, a 76-yard long, seven touchdowns as well. If he gets more volume, the efficiency will probably drop a little bit. Even if he's catching 16, 17 yards per catch, that's pretty darn good. The touchdowns, if those go up as well, he could very much work his way into the legitimate discussion of being one of the top 10 receivers in what looks like a very strong wide receiver class. Ronnie Bell, meanwhile, the very much almost, I'll call it ignored recruit from a couple years ago for Michigan, did almost all of his damage in the slot this past year, but he was good at it. Only the one touchdown, but 48 grabs, 758 yards, that's pretty impressive. You can see the difference there in terms of the explosion that favors Nico Collins. With Donovan Peoples-Jones gone and a new quarterback coming in, the hope for Michigan is that both of these players put up better production, which of course will lead to better NFL draft hopes. But who is the better Michigan wide receiver? Type C for Nico Collins or B for Ronnie Bell? Bell has really impressed me. Since he got his chances at Michigan, I was not anticipating that much out of him. A a lower star recruit. He's been a great find for Jim Harbaugh. But let me know what you guys think in the comment section. C for Nico Collins or B for Ronnie Bell. Now on to some of the bigger names that Kuiper left off. Rondell Moore. We're going to spend a lot of time on him. But boy, I think he should have been in the top six. He's that good. Tamori Ontario could be a fun sleeper out of FSU, and, and we'll break down all of these guys a little bit more in depth in just a second. Tylan Wallace is one of my guys. Amon Ross St. Brown, yes, that is EQ St. Brown's brother, and of course Osiris St. Brown at Stanford right now. And then Seth Williams at Auburn as well. But I want to start with Rondell Moore, because Rondell Moore should I think should be in the top seven like that is the caliber of player that, that you're dealing with here based on his 2018 production he was awesome for Purdue now the average not that great because Purdue didn't have great quarterback play had to get the ball in his hands in short areas 114 grabs 1,258 yards 12 touchdowns awesome after the catch it is extremely rare for a freshman to go on to a program And immediately be that team's best player. And in fact, in many games, best player on the field. That was Rondell Moore. Also involved in the run game as well. Just get the ball in his hands. 37 broken tackles back in 2018 after the catch was just incredible. He did miss most of last year with a leg injury. If he comes back and is healthy, I think he goes in round one. Like that is the caliber of player and athlete and and after the catch ability that you're dealing with there. Even in a strong, very strong receiver class, if Moore stays healthy, I think, yes, he's a first round pick. Over to FSU, to Moran Terry, the production is is intriguing. Great size, 6'4", long strider, gets going downfield, can make some big plays vertically as well. Kind of had the breakout year last year. If FSU's offense... Doesn't suck this time. Because let's be real, it wasn't very good these past couple of seasons under Willie Taggart. If the offense is good, I think Terry will benefit from that in a big way. Next up is Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. He was my guy in the middle part of last year. And then he tore his ACL. And he was went from being a surefire day two pick. I might have had him around one caliber guy in that Jalen Rager range. Because he's so good after the catch. Great production at Oklahoma State. I just, I need to see him healthy. So I, I get why Kuyper didn't put him inside his top 32 or in his top six r- receivers. But he's a great athlete. Great after the catch. Plays a lot bigger than his size. If he's healthy, I think we're going to be talking a lot about Tylen Wallace up, this upcoming season. Now what we haven't asked you guys yet is your favorite sleeper wide receiver prospect. And there are a lot of them. I mean, Kuyper only did six. I'm adding an extra 15. There are a lot of players that I think would qualify outside that as a sleeper. So let me know in the comments section who your favorite wide receiver prospect is. Next up is Amon Ross St. Brown, who played mostly slot receiver last year for USC, but he's a good route runner. Doesn't have the same size as older brother, E.Q., but I think he's a little bit more fluid and more athletic on, uh, on, in terms of just general and being that shifty or slot guy. Michael Pittman's gone now. He is no longer a member of, of, of USC's, of course, in, in the NFL. Playing on the outside, I think, will result in a little bit more production from Amon Ross St. Brown. Not that it was bad last year. He played pretty darn well. So the St. Brown, once again, back in the NFL discussion, I like what he brings to an NFL team. Next up is Seth Williams. I love his size. he got the size you want, 224. Doesn't always maximize it. That's a bit of a red flag. And one thing that works against him, but I think from scouting perspective also kind of is like, okay, well, that this explains it. The quarterback play at Auburn was bad. Look, Bo Nix is fun, but he's not a great quarterback yet. I'm sorry. That limited Williams' production. If he shows more explosiveness... If he shows more ability to to get separation, I think he could work his way into the round one discussion. It's tough to find 6'3", 224 guys. If he plays more physical, maybe he ends up being a Michael Pittman type in the end, at least for this upcoming NFL draft class. So who am I overlooking? I apologize in advance. I guarantee I'm not going to mention every single wide receiver potential draft prospect because there are a lot of them. It's 2020. College football teams throw the football around quite a bit, so let me know in the comments section. One guy I think you'll mention is Sage Surratt, who I do like, and Wake's offense, and Jamie Newman, the quarterback now at Georgia, struggled when Surratt was not out there. My concern, though, is that he reminds me of Jawan Jennings too much, who had good production at Tennessee, played very well, great after the catch, breaks a ton of tackles, very physical, I have speed concerns. I don't know if he's going to be a sub 4'6 guy. If he is, hey, put him back in the top 15 where he belongs for sure. If he doesn't, well, we saw how far Jawan Jennings ended up falling. Next up is Tutu uh, Atwell. Great name. Undersized but athletic. He's a game breaker. He's a slot guy, just like Daz Newsome is as well. So those are two. Fun slot guys who probably won't go in the first two rounds, but who knows? If they play great, they can work their way into it. Trey Walker is an under-the-radar kid out of San Jose State. I'm curious to see how he looks without Josh Lowe throwing the football around. A little bit undersized, so he could also be a slot guy. Then Demonte Coxie out of Memphis. Curious how the coaching staff change impacts him, but Memphis has put out some guys with some incredible production, and it would appear to me that Coxie ends up being the next guy in there. So those were just another five players that I wanted to mention. Sage Sherat, probably one that I I wanted to get inside that top 10 of the extra guys the most, but he's probably the one most worth watching.